This is a day I've been looking forward to for two and a half years. We're really proud of Timeline. <laughs> We're going to reimagine Windows. Microsoft is announcing the breakthrough game console called Xbox. We've created a platform attuned to consumers' changing behaviors and an evolving sense of play. We set out to make the best watch in the world. And today, we're introducing Nexus 7. This is it, Xbox One. And we are calling it iPhone. The latest news, the newest products, the biggest names. Welcome to Your Tech Report. Online at yourtechreport.com. Join Mitchell Whitfield and Marco Flalo for the next hour of Your Tech Report. Welcome to it, Your Tech Report online at yourtechreport.com. On Twitter at Your Tech Report. Facebook.com slash Your Tech Report. I am Marco Flalo and our editor-in-chief is Mitchell Whitfield and he is in Los Angeles. Mitchell, how are you? I am in Los Angeles. I'm doing great. Uh, yeah, you know, we had a week off and we had a lot of stuff happen in the last couple of weeks, a lot of stuff to catch up on. And a lot of stuff, you know what, I think one of the reasons that, uh, and I think people from the feedback we get, people do enjoy listening to the show. And we thank you for those great comments that we get. And Mark's going to give you, you know, an opportunity and a place to, of course, send all your emails. But I think the reason that we have so much fun doing the show is because we genuinely get excited about the technology that we're talking about. And we have a lot of news today that we are excited about as well. So I'm kind of jazzed. We've got a great show lined up, Mitchell. We've got uh, an interview with a gentleman named Dan Kelly from D-Link Systems. They make great routers. They make great home AV transmission devices. They've been on the consumer side. They've been on the business side. We're going to talk to Dan about their entire product lineup for 2015. We're also going to talk to a gentleman by the name of Apinder Seno. He's a VP of Wireless Product Management at Rogers Communications here in Canada, at least here on my end. Uh, right. And we're going to talk about uh, my my desire to not part with the Surface Pro 3. Yeah, we, we have to make sure we pitch that to the Microsoft folks because we really don't want to get this thing back, do we? No, 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 I do not. The, yeah, every, I every time I think that I am done with it and I'm like, okay, I've done everything I could. I've done the full review on this thing. I'm ready to talk about it on the air. Microsoft goes ahead and does something like, I don't know, releases Windows 10 preview. Oh, Skype Translator. Yeah, right. they're like, oh, gives me another up. reason to use this device. So uh, I don't I don't think I'm going to send it back. But you know, I think I have to. No, but you know what? The nice part is we get to hold on to these long term items like we get to do with a lot of products. We do get to give continuous updates on new releases, new software releases, new software that's really, you know, operating system, apps, all that stuff. So it really helps all of us if you're listening. <laughs> How's my shameless pitch? Is it working pretty well it, for you? It's a, it's a good shameless pitch, and we'll take there that opportunity to uh, to go right into the news of the week. You know, there's a couple things I just kind of wanted to not gloss over, but just mention, because we're finding out more and more about the Apple Watch. We've They've released new betas of the operating system, iOS, and people are seeing this new companion app that's going to be there for the Apple Watch. Incredible customization really is the key at the end of the day. You're really going to be able to customize this thing to either mimic the notifications on your phone, make it its own unique interface. Whatever you want to do, you'll be able to do that, and you'll be able to do it, Mitchell, in April. Tim Cook actually let the cat out of the bag. He said they're ready to ship. They're on target to ship in April, which is very, very interesting. And I believe it was during their earnings report, during their earnings interview, that he actually did let this slip. I think that's when he actually first exactly. mentioned this date. Uh, and although we don't have a specific a hard date in April, it's supposed to be early April. And, of course, that keeps within their early 2015 window, although for a lot of people, including myself, not early enough 2015 because we're excited. I predicted we get our hands on it this month. I guess that's not going to happen. But, Mark, 
keeping uh, keeping with that theme of Apple News and getting teased with a you know an April release of Apple Watch, we're also hearing that toward the end of this month, February, we are going to be having an Apple Media event. And allegedly, and once again, we don't like to be a rumor. You know, we were never with the website. We were never you know yourtechreport.com, a rumor site. And on this show, we try not to make it a rumor show. But certain rumors are. Uh, you know, I think more reliable than others and sources are more reliable. And yes, we're hearing at the end of this month, we will have a media event at which Apple is expected to not only talk about Apple phone, but the new MacBook Air we've been hearing about, the new 12-inch MacBook Air. Now, Mark, Mitchell. I want you to think about something. I like when you say my name. Say my name. Mitchell. Yeah, sounds like Breaking Bad. Okay, so here we are. We're talking about a MacBook Air 12-inch model coming out. Now, I want to put this in perspective. Right now, the Apple MacBook Air comes in two sizes. There's an 11-inch and a 13-inch. But if you look at that more carefully, the 11-inch MacBook Air is actually an 11.6-inch diagonal screen. It's closer to 12 inches than it is 11 inches, okay? The next size up is the 13.3-inch model. So here we are, Mark. Right now, 1.7 inches separates the existing MacBook Air model why the need to sandwich another model in between those two sizes? It doesn't make a lot of sense unless maybe Mark Apple is planning on discontinuing either the 11.6 or the 13.3 and just sort of reinventing, as they always do, what sizes their products will come in. Isn't that sort of an odd place to put it, though? It, it is kind of strange. <clears throat> it's it's one of those measurements that you wonder, okay, well, well, I didn't really feel like anything was missing between these two. And, yeah, exactly and, right. And they're plugging it right in there, but I guess we'll have to wait and see what they actually announce. Now, this one's also supposed to have a retina display, they're saying as well, so it's the first yes. MacBook Air with a retina display, which is kind of cool. I think we're going to see all their computers go that direction. It almost makes me wonder if we're going to start seeing a complete redesign on Apple's part, sort of fitting in where they feel computers fit in people's lives. Maybe the 17-inch MacBook Pro. Does the 17-inch MacBook Pro still exist? Uh, is there I don't right think now? so. I don't think so. You know, so, I mean, they are sort of reinvent. They've done it with the iMac model. They totally got rid of the 24-inch, which I still think is the perfect size for an iMac. Uh, but, you know, uh, they're kind of messing around with stuff. And I'm, I, I don't know where this is going. I think this is the first shot being fired. It definitely will affect the product line and the sizes they do offer in the MacBook Air. Sling, you remember you know, the guys on Sling Media, you know, the Sling Box? Yeah. They released Sling TV, which is basically a subscription-based television service. You pay 20 bucks a month, and you get certain networks streaming television, which is cool. But it, it really it opened the door to services that we've been hearing rumors about for years and years and years. And the reason to bring this up is because Apple is now apparently in talks again with television networks and producers to bring this streaming model to their products. So it's interesting to see this shift because... Because we expected Apple to kind of pioneer this, but now with Sling TV, they've really just kind of quietly launched the service, which is getting pretty good reviews. Would you pay for something like that? Uh, I think I would, but once again, it would com it would depend, Mark, on basically what you're talking about, what other products are available and what other products are coming down the pipeline. I yeah. think for a digital service, I don't mind paying a subscription for digital service if they have the media and the content that I respond to, that I that I will watch, or at least is, you know, which is something Apple has not been known for, letting you customize the experience. But the bigger question here is, Mark, number one, we have not seen a new Apple TV. And these all, I think these products all come together. We have not seen a new Apple TV release in quite a long time. We've been hearing about they're going to update and upgrade or change what Apple TV is. We've heard about Apple making a television set or possibly taking their tech and putting it in existing television sets like Samsung's and Sony's. So 
I still don't exactly know what plan Apple has for their hobby slash project of television, but we've heard before of them trying to get people on board, the different networks and providers on board, and it didn't work. So I'm interested to see where this is going because it will affect, it'll have a trickle-down effect on their product lineup, don't you think? On, on, the, on, the, on the service side of things, though, it's, it's interesting, an interesting shift because we're used to this whole model where you get this decoder, you put the DirecTV dish up, you put the ExpressView right. dish up, et cetera, et cetera. But, I mean, everybody's cutting those wires, really, at the end of the day. They're letting you stream things to your devices in-house. But, again, there's still some networks and some, some companies that don't let you stream their content. I guess they're worried about piracy. But I'm I'm thinking I'm of the opinion that I would gladly pay what I'm paying now for cable to be able to take that wherever I go. Absolutely. And I think that's where any of these companies, whether it be Apple or Sling, they see that's where the future is. They want to cut the cords. Everybody's getting some sort of broadband in their home. As long as it can accommodate the streaming of all these all these services at the same time, which really it's not even at the same time. You pick a channel and you're watching just that. It's not like you're watching seven, seven things at the same time unless right. you have seven televisions. So I think that I'd pay for. Oh, I absolutely would. And, and we're, we're, we're sort of, as you said, we're seeing a paradigm shift in the way that consumers actually do consume uh, their media and their entertainment. We've seen that shift happen in video games where Steam and now even Sony with their PlayStation TV uh, and, and their services being built into new Sony televisions. Streaming is the model that is sort of taking, you know, taking foot in the gaming world. And I, I remember I said a long time ago, Mark, I, I wouldn't be surprised to see in the not so distant future in the next couple of years that network television, as we know, is going to disappear where it will either become a pay-per-view model or a streaming model. So yes, and I, I think it would make things it would make things so much easier on your iPad, your Android device to be able to take your media wherever you went and not yeah. be dependent on the box in your house. But it all hinges on the companies, on the producers of this media, uh, and the owners of this media being able to monetize properly. That's what this all comes down to. Yeah, they want you watching their commercials, or they want to at least be compensated <laughs> for the product product that they put out there. I get it. I get it. Yeah, if it not, if not through their, if not through their sponsors, then through us. And well, I'm willing to do it if it means watching what I want to watch. I'll pay next. I'll pay extra money to watch what I want to watch in a streamlined way. So there you go. People like protecting their intellectual property. I think that's what it comes down to, and that funny makes, how that works. Yeah, <laughs> it, it, it is. And 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 funny enough, uh, typo, which is a keyboard case that was designed for the original iPhone Great five, segue, by the way. You, yeah, go ahead. Five yeah. and six. Um, uh, they just, uh, they're going to have to hand over $860,000 in copyright infringement to none other than BlackBerry. The reason is, is their first design, I mean, it was so close to the BlackBerry you know, chiclet keyboard, and and there was no <laughs> argument. And the the comments coming out of BlackBerry is basically saying, you know, the the judgment really speaks for itself. They did what they did, and and not only that, but they continued to sell it afterwards. So this is not only for the copyright infringement, but it's also against the the purchases that happened after they were told to stop. Now this is the, this is the company that Ryan Seacrest owns. He owns he owns this company. He owns part of it. He invested he a million it, okay. dollars into it, and right. uh, so it's a partnership with a couple. There goes his million. Well, yeah, yeah and, but they, you know what? They released a Typo 2 that obviously changes the design and, and obviously does the same thing, and it works now for the iPhone 6. So the concept is there. It's not like it killed the company. Thankfully, they have some wealthy backers behind it, but it's just, you know, you got to be careful when you do things like this. You can't not funny. know what's coming. You know, it'd be funny if the next if the next version they put out looks just like a blackjack keyboard and they get sued again by different companies. So, no, it yeah, this is really funny. Like you said, Mark, all you really have to do is see that I, I imagine that the whole the whole proceeding in court was, uh, Your Honor, here are side by side pictures 
of, of, of their snap-on keyboard they came out with and our BlackBerry keyboard. And just the, the judge hits the gavel instantly. Yeah, it's an exact copy. Pay him some money. Yeah, so exactly. So yeah, if you see pictures of it online, it's very funny. It's an exact copy of BlackBerry's keyboard. So there you go. Pay up. So the, the mobile wars are going on in that wonderful country of yours, and it's happening up here, too. Everybody's competing against each other. Verizon is the most recent one to make some pretty interesting shifts on their data plans. They're cutting their costs by $10 a month for most of their data plans across the board. So, I mean, it's, it's so much fun to watch them compete against each other, but it's really hard to keep up with what the best price is and, and what carrier. I really don't. I mean, I know that in the United States it's easier to choose because of who has more reliable service, but I was in Columbus for the All-Star Game, Mitchell, and I was debating between services, and, and that's, a, that's an area where has, which is covered by Verizon, AT&T pretty well. So... It's interesting, interesting to see them uh, them battle it out. And ten bucks a month—that's ten bucks a month savings. No, that that's a lot of money. And you know, <clears throat> for our consumers, for the for our listeners, who are you know, we're all consumers, uh, to help out a little bit, there are certain things to keep your mind on. Number one, all these great. First of all, you're always going to get better deals from the mid-sized to smaller carriers because they're trying to catch up to the big boys. The only downside is when you go with one of those mid-sized or smaller carriers, you may not get necessarily the full coverage that you're getting from a Rogers in Canada or an AT and T slash Verizon in. New York, in New York, in the States. Um, you know, even, even though Sprint and T-Mobile are both really big and offering great, they still don't have the exact same coverage, but they're catching up and you can get some great deals. But Mark, the one thing that people should really realize, all these advertisements that you are seeing, all these great deals that you're seeing, not necessarily just on the data plans, but on the monthly plans themselves and four lines for $100, those are all depending on you bringing your own devices, BYOD. The second that you pay for or you want to get a device through that same carrier, you're either doing their monthly fee. Each, each carrier has their own monthly plan where you can pay off your phone by the month, or it increases your monthly service fee by a commensurate amount if you're buying a new device through them. So buyer be smart, not just buyer beware, buyer be smart. When you see these great plans, all those great plans you see on television and here on the radio are referring to bring your own device. The second you want a new device through that same carrier, all the prices go up. It's your attack report, Mark Aflalo, Mitchell Whitfield with you. We continue talking about the news of the week. There's a, we talked about off the top of the show that I am playing with a Surface Pro 3 from Microsoft, and we know Microsoft did release their technical preview of Windows 10 a couple weeks back, which I've been playing with. They were polite enough to let me install it. But every time I, sh- I go to say, okay, I'm done, let me pack it up and send it back, something else comes out. For example... Touch Office for Windows 8.1 is now available in preview. So if you are one of these Windows insiders, you can experience these touch versions of Office. Word, PowerPoint, Excel, which is really just a, it's almost an adaptation. It probably is an adaptation of their mobile apps for other platforms, which are available on iOS and available on Android. But it's bringing it to you on its own native environment. It's a universal app, and it works wonderfully. They work great. These apps are phenomenal. I think they're extremely touch-friendly. I think it keeps everything front and center that you want to be there in an application like Excel and Word and PowerPoint. So it's very cool to see how they're kind of giving us these previews as we go along. And another one I got invited to this morning was was uh, Skype Translator. That's now available oh. on Windows 8 as well, which is the real-time translation thing. So be on the lookout for these things, and if you want to and you're running Windows 8.1, you can actually play with these now. See, this is another example of a company, you know, like Microsoft, which <clears throat> doesn't really need to, excuse me, <clears throat> follow in anyone else's footsteps, but... We know how Apple has leveraged their mobile operating system and tried to incorporate uh, a lot of those features into new versions of OS X, correct? Yes. But now, 
because Microsoft has touch-enabled screens, they truly are able to reproduce their mobile experience because their operating system on the computer, on the desktop side, is also touch-friendly. So they really, it's not like one-upping Apple, but they can truly recreate their mobile experience because their desktop also accommodates touch interface. So I think that's one advantage that Microsoft does have going forward still. Earlier this week, Apple also released version 10.10.3, to developers of the Yosemite operating system. It includes bug fixes and the usual, but it's the first time we got to see the new Photos app, which is the replacement for iPhoto, replacement for Aperture. I've played with it for about a good half a day, Mitchell. It's right. a very clean, clean layout. It works just like Photos on iOS. Very easy to find things, even with masses. I have a 152 gig library of photos, and I can easily find things uh, swimmingly, uh, it's a very cool improvement, and we'll see how that kind of develops down the road. And we still are getting all the same features of backing up in the cloud. Everything, although, even more features, actually, because yeah. you can you can keep low-res images on your computer and high-res in the cloud, but you're going to go through your data and your space really fast. So you're going to want to look to upgrade. Right, yeah, I was going to say, thank goodness I, I have a ridiculously large uh, <laughs> ridiculously large plan for my cloud where I could store like 200 gigs in the cloud or something. And I've been preparing for this for quite a while. So, yeah, and I've always wanted better tools. with, And, and I like iPhoto, don't get me wrong. I think it's really good. But for people that I think that are used to using Aperture or uh, any of the Adobe software, uh, you're still going to get something with photos that is more consumer friendly than more professional friendly. But they have but it some does have great, a lot of features. They right? have some great tools in there. There, we'll we'll do a walkthrough. We'll post a law walkthrough online. But all the editing tools that you now have in iOS, you can do brightness and all these things are now integrated into the Photos app. So it does. Yes, it's a consumer friendly version, but it gives you a lot of power and gives you a way to do it uh, as a at a consumer level. You don't have to think about it. So it's very Got very it. very cool. You, Got it. You you told me about that giant brick that was delivered to your house, the uh, the Area Fifty One oh from Alienware, and, and I know we're going to talk about it, but I uh. wanted to to know about uh, Dying Light because it was released, and there's ties to Nvidia and Alienware somehow, right? Absolutely, there are big ties. So yes, like you said. Uh I think it was on the 27th, uh, Dying Light was released, a game from Techland, which is a Polish uh, game developer known for their Dead Island series and the Call of Juarez series of games. So Dying Light is a really cool concept. Let's just get to the game itself. Uh, it's a post-apocalyptic zombie-killing game mixed in with parkour and free-running. Believable. Ha- what, 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 about, what, about, what about combining those two things? It's like Sunset Overdrive uh, meets, meets any of the great zombie games that are out there right now. So uh, there's a lot of parkour, a lot of free-running, a lot of zombie be killing it. It also has a dynamic day and nighttime cycle. So the game, it doesn't make you wait, of course, 12 hours for each day and night cycle. The game accelerates faster than that, or else we'd be playing these games for days, well, which I already do. Uh, but basically, the game turns from daytime to nighttime. If you if you wander out to kill zombies at night, of course, uh, there are a lot more, there are better rewards. The things that, you know, that you'll get will be better than if you do it during the daytime because it's harder. So the game is really cool. I'm having a lot of fun playing the game. I'm just kind of scratching the surface. But the reason we got this game, it wasn't from the developer. It wasn't from the publisher. Our friends at NVIDIA, more specifically Brian Del Rizzo, a big shout out to Brian Del Rizzo. He always hooks us up with great hardware and software mm-hmm. from NVIDIA. Uh, he sent us the game because it's sporting some new technology from NVIDIA. They have HBAO Plus and NVIDIA Depth of Field. These are two technologies. Um, the Depth of Field one 
really is used to, to do exactly what it sounds like, increase the image quality uh, and depth of field shots, especially during the cutscenes of Dying Light, which look gorgeous. And of course, the HBAO Plus, it, it improves the shading and the shadowing and lighting of objects in-game. And it really does look amazing. But it's not just the NVIDIA tech that kind of blew me away, because as you know, we have the, Ali the, the Alienware Area 51, the big boy computer that was just sent. And of course, I have my Alienware X51 and the Alpha Gaming Console. Now, since I could buy this game on Steam, Mark, I got the game on Steam, you know, bought the game. Brian, of course, Brian Del Rezzo gave us the code on Steam, and I booted up on the Alienware Alpha Gaming Console in my living room. And I'm playing, and I turn on the flashlight in the game because it's a dark room, and I'm scared, and it's spooky. <laughs> and the second I turn on the light in-game, the front of my Alienware Alpha Console turns white. As soon as I turn the light back off, it turns green, showing my health bar. So what I didn't realize was, Mark, that the Alienware Alpha... Certain games use Alien FX technology where the game is interactive and your console will, re will react oh, that's to cool. in-game things that happen to you with the, with the lights on the front of the console. So here I am playing, watching the console, watching the screen. It was really, really cool. So there are other Alien FX uh, titles that are out there that take advantage of this. League of Legends, I think. I think Metro Last Light is one of them. Payday, Daylight. So these are all games that take that take advantage of Alien FX, which is Alienware software technology that integrates your console reacting to your game. So we're having a blast with Dying Light, thanks to NVIDIA. And of course, thanks to Ray Watkins over at Alienware, because uh, Ray, I just learned something new about your Alpha console. There you go. There you it, go. That's all I got. It's your tech report, Marco Flalo, Mitchell Whitfield with you. As I said, and I teased earlier, Mitchell, we've got a very cool interview coming up. If you are a fan of D-Link products, they have things from their MyCloud baby monitors, great surveillance products, great home automation stuff, lots of cool stuff from D-Link. We're going to speak to Dan Kelly, who is their VP of Marketing, when we come back right here on Your Tech Report. Your Tech Report will be right back. This is Your Tech Report. Welcome back, Your Tech Report. Mark Aflalo, Mitchell Whitfield with you at Your Tech Report on Twitter. It's facebook.com slash Your Tech Report. And our email address is contact at yourtechreport.com. Mitchell, as you know, there are so yes. many products and services that were launched at CES that we wanted to focus on in the past couple of weeks, but we're going to be talking about this for quite some time down the road. Until next CES, basically, we're going to be talking about all this. Exactly. There is a company that I am a very big fan of. I got into their products with their home surveillance equipment, their, their cloud-based cameras that allow you to view things at your house down the road. They make things from cameras to baby monitors to the networking that connects everything together and now home automation as well. And that company is D-Link. Uh, and it's, you know, when you talk about products, a product line, an incredibly wide and diverse product line, if you go to D, I'm looking right now as we're talking at dlinkshop.com, you get a real idea of just how many categories of products. And, you know, we're talking about home networking, home automation, so many great products that, yeah, I, I think we're, I think we're going to have them on the line. We're going to have Dan on the line for quite some time. So on the line with us is Dan Kelly, the VP of marketing at D-Link Systems. Dan, how are you? Good. Thanks for having me on. Hey, Dan, I, I just want to start off with this because I think... Uh, if you look back uh, in the last few years, maybe before the last few years, when you look at products like home networking, home automation products, those were really such a tech segment specific line of products. But now with smartphones, with connected homes, with tablets, with the cloud, it seems like these products are not just tech and, and niche products. These are lifestyle products now. Would you say that's correct? Uh, you're absolutely correct there. Right? It, it really is a pretty exciting time to be in tech and 
also for the consumer as well. They can go down to their local retail outlet and actually start to pick up a lot of sensors or automation-style products like cameras, et cetera, and actually build these things out themselves. You know, they can still call a service provider to come in and do it, uh, do it for them, and they'll, you know, they'll pay the monthly fee. But it is a very exciting time because almost every week there's a new and exciting home automation or smart product coming out to market that consumers can just go down and pick it up and try it out and kind of get their feet wet with home automation and, and go from there. It's, it's, it's truly a cool time. Dan, Dan, personally, when I got started with home automation, I started with the the Schlag lock on my door, which required me to pay a monthly subscription for service. And I found that to be, okay, this is fun. I can unlock my door remotely. But as time progressed, there were more, as you call, you know, do-it-yourself services and tools. And that's when I fell on the D-Link cloud cameras, which was really just my introduction to the services that you guys are offering on, on home security. But that's gone. That's gone. I mean, that's, that, that's in the distant past. There's so many more op- options in terms of cameras, hubs, that whole connected home has come to a new level. And correct me if I'm wrong, but D-Link's approach really is about not having to worry about subscriptions and services. It's about really being able to buy something and immediately use it. Yes, you're exactly right. So our cameras are, are certainly the what we call the heart of our connected home operating. Um, when we ask our customers why they're buying our cameras, you know, nine out of 10 of them are buying them for home security. So these are uh, homeowners or renters that uh, are willing to roll up their sleeves and actually do things themselves. So they go down, again, to a, a retail outlet. They can pick up a camera. We have a wide variety of cameras to choose from, from pan and tilt to outdoor to HD. You can simply just connect them to a wireless network just like you would any other device, and then you can see that live stream of your home anywhere on a smartphone or tablet. And this technology has been out for a long time. We've had these cameras in market for 10 plus years, but it's just now to the point where, like you said, smartphones are there. We have very easy to use apps. Everybody's getting broadband. So it's, it's kind of all coming to a point now where it is very affordable for people just to go down and, and start to install these things themselves. And the, and the D-Link message and offering is it very much a DIY non-subscription fee model where uh, you get the hardware once uh, and then you leverage your broadband and you know internet connection and, and away you go. One of the products that that threw me for a loop, really, when I saw it was the D-Link baby monitor. I saw this thing, and I immediately reached out to Paul. I said, I have to try this out. I have have a newborn at home. Um, Just, I have to look at this. And I have since referred about a dozen people to buy this monitor over any other solution that's out there, thanks to its connectivity. How does something like that enter the fray and just make sense among the product line? Well, I appreciate your recommendations there. Um, I, I, I actually have three kids myself. My youngest is six, so I'm not really in the baby phase anymore. But um, I certainly use D-Link uh, cloud cameras, IP cameras, to, to keep an eye on my kids, whether I was down the hall or maybe I got the chance to go out on a date night. So really what we did <laughs> is we listened, we, we, we listened to our customers, and we found out that there are a lot of customers that are using these cameras to keep an eye on kids, babies, nannies, and dogs, and that type of thing. So what we decided to do as a company is actually tailor an offering of products uh, directly to the to the parents and, and those that are, are caring for young children. And a couple of the unique features that we built into these cameras are that the cameras themselves can actually play lullabies. Uh, so you can actually just you know press a button on your app and the, the product itself will start to play lullabies. That scares wow. the hell out of my daughter, I'll tell you that, though. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's that's not the intended effect. I know. The intended effect is to, to lull them to sleep, but... Um, 
we actually have a, a, a new model that we did introduce last week at CES um, where you can actually put a micro SD card in the side of the camera to play any of five MP3s. So maybe if, a, if the lullabies that we pre-recorded for you are not the, the right ones for your daughter, you can actually just pick up a storybook from audible.com or something like that. Um, and customize the lullabies or what it says. I can picture um, I can picture be- my daughter's room and with Let It Go from Frozen just going in a continuous loop, and her keeping me awake <laughs> at night for another reason now. But uh, I will I will take your 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 recommendation there as well. But no, it re- it really it really is a phenomenal product. I mean, push notifications when noises happen and instantaneously, which is the cool thing. We we we're so used to technology, and we're almost used to this this delay that we experience because of, of the cloud sometimes. You know, things take time to get to the internet and come back, but you guys have done an amazing job specifically with that product, but it doesn't end there. No, Dan, one of the things no, I wanted okay. to bring up, and, you know, oh, I'm sorry, I, mean, yeah, I just didn't want to forget this because it's so important for me, especially when I'm thinking about a connected home, when I'm thinking about my access to the internet, of course, I'm always thinking of D-Link wireless routers, and that I think you guys made such a name for yourself, uh, so, such a name for yourselves when, you, when it comes to wireless routing, um, and when I'm looking right now, and I'm, again, I'm on the website, and I'm trying to approach it from a consumer's point of view, when I'm looking at the routers, you guys don't just add features. You also add a new aesthetic. So these, these things don't just look like a piece of plastic sitting on your desk. You made it so it's sort of like a welcoming thing to have on top of your desk, not something to be hidden underneath because the new designs of the, of the cloud routers, they look terrific and they have a lot of new features as well, correct? Yes, um, we actually introduced a brand new look of home networking for D-Link uh, last week at CES, and I got to tell you, I've never seen such a positive response from any product that we've ever introduced, and that's that's saying a wow. lot. Um, we we went very bold with the the design uh, of our products. If you you know were to go to D-Link.com, D-L-I-N-K.com, you'll see you know kind of front and center the new look of these home networking routers, and as as cool as they look on the outside, it's it's really more important to have the performance inside and these things really are screaming fast and uh, really put a wireless signal out to the far reaches of your home or even the backyard. Uh, in today's, you know, environment, you know, more and more devices are coming into the home that are demanding bandwidth, whether it's for gaming or HD streaming. So it really is important that your wireless network is powerful enough to support all of these devices that are roaming around your home and, and really wanting to, to, you know, push a lot of bandwidth through it. So, uh, we're really proud of the new look of our home networking line. Um, I can tell you that we're we're sold out as of now, which is a oh, good really? thing on the 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 one that we just introduced last week. More coming in stock next week, so uh, it's a good fresh new look for D-Link. And, and overall, as cool as it looks and as you know high, high performing as it is, we also took a lot of time to to redesign the interface to make it extremely easy to use and manage a home network from a smartphone or a tablet. Oh, no, it's incredible. And, I, and I'm looking at the pictures right now. And, and Mark, you need to take a look at this because the best compliment, I think, I think when a lot of companies compare their design ethic to Apple or the way Apple designs or puts the care in, the, these, these products, they are, they are so cutting edge, so accessible. And I, think, and I think I sort of touched on this in my last question, Dan, which is now these, these are products that used to be hidden away. They used to be stuffed under a desk. They used to be hidden and not really thought about too much. But because they are so much a part of our day-to-day, uh, the aesthetic 
has to grow along with that. They look beautiful. And you were talking about the reach. So if somebody, I just got asked this question the other day. A friend of mine is having issues in his home with his wireless router. So I know what I'm going to be recommending, Jim, because I'm on the page for right now. But a good home networking solution should alleviate the issues of coverage in a home with stronger power, more antennas, greater bandwidth. So if the person has the right solution, they really shouldn't be having these home networking issues at home. They just need to have the correct router and maybe the, the correct range extender, yes? Yes, you're right. And exactly, I'm glad you mentioned range extenders too. But if you're having connectivity issues, maybe it is that, you know, it's simply that device is too far away from the home network. Um, and it, it likely will require uh, a new router. And one of the coolest technology that's come out in home networking is what's called beam forming. And these new products by us have that technology. In the older days, I'd say, uh, if you were to actually see what a wireless network would look like, the invisible wireless waves, it looks like a big invisible donut coming out <laughs> of a router. Mm -hmm. What it does, what we do now is it actually is sending beams of wireless uh, directly to a device. So it allows it to go much further with a much stronger connection than before. So there's been these advancements behind the scenes that are really focused on getting a more stable connection to those devices that, uh, that really need it or are roaming around the house. I mean, we talked about our cameras earlier. A lot of our customers are putting these cameras outside by the pool or by a, sec you know, a guest house or something like that. So you really need that strong wireless connectivity. And if the new wireless router is, is, is too steep for, uh, for a budget, you can also try extending it with, uh, with a line of wireless range extenders where you just put this, say, halfway in between where your wireless router is and the device that's struggling with connectivity. You push a button, and it's essentially just going to pick that wireless signal up and push it back out you know, a little bit further. So it's an easy push-button way to extend the wireless network. Dan, I have to tell you a really quick embarrassing story. I was struggling, oh, I love these. I was yeah. struggling in my new home with, with wireless signal on the far reaches. Um, I had ADG Pulse installed, but my panel for my alarm was in the corner of my house down on the other end in the garage. And years ago, I had tried in my previous home, I had tried various power line solutions, and I said, okay... The range extenders weren't necessarily great because I had a very, very strongly built house, a lot of interference. I tried the Powerline AV, and it didn't really work very well, so it never really came to my mind. This time around, I said, you know what? Let me let me go back into my, my research mode and my geek mode and, and start looking at some of the Powerline solutions, and I picked up one of the Powerline AVs from D-Link, and... I have since, I have, I have like five of these around my house now. I've extended my network with incredible speeds. I don't even know how this is done. I don't even, I don't even <laughs> want to know just because it works with the power, with the power line solution. So a friend of mine, we were driving in the car yesterday. He's like, I have a problem. I said, don't even, don't even finish your sentence. We went to Best Buy and I bought him the dealing. And I, I swear you're not paying me to say this. I'm using this in my house to extend the to extend the range to all the far reaches, but in doing so, not losing any performance. I'm getting full. I have a hundred and hundred. How does that even happen? Yeah, I don't even want to know how it happens. It just does. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're you're definitely uh, making this one of the best interviews uh, I've ever had <laughs> for your loyalty to dealing. So I appreciate that. But actually, what you're hitting on is is a really cool technology that most people just don't know exists, and that is carrying a network transmission over your existing electrical wiring in your home. And, you know, we, we do have a lot of customers that run into wireless issues. As, most, as powerful as that wireless router is, you know, you might have a really large home or a home that's, you know, maybe built back in the 20s and 30s and is full of, you know, uh, you know, rebar and, you know, metal and heavy masonry. And just the wireless signal is hard to get through some of that construction. And so there is a very plug-and-play way to get 
those connections to your house, and that is actually, you know, putting power line in, which is pretty easy to do. Yeah, I think you can attest to that. You just put one of the power line devices off the back of your router. You just plug it into an electrical outlet, and that actually sends that signal through the wiring in your home, and then you just plug another unit into another room of your home that doesn't have connectivity, and then, boom, you have a new uh, network connection there. So it is a very easy and very complementary networking technology to wireless. No, you know, you, you touched on something now when you talk about ease of use, and I think you, you mentioned something earlier that I wanted to come back to. I didn't want to forget this, and that was, I think a lot of people now, if they're getting a service like here in the States, we, we have Uverse and a lot of companies that bring in basically their own gateway that is bundled in, uh, that bundles a modem and a router together, and I think we're used to a lot of these companies coming in, whether it's whatever your provider is, and they bring their own equipment. I think a lot of people are used to having companies bring equipment to them or just paying the rental fee because because, you know what, it's just easier to let the company come and install their equipment. But things have changed so much now, and we want to make it. We want to make products consumer-friendly. Talk a little bit about the user interface that you touched on earlier, because I think the key is making it accessible and easy so customers won't be intimidated. They'll buy their own equipment, have a better experience, better than settling to, for letting somebody else bring inferior equipment into their home. So the UI, the user interfa- interface, must have been a big deal for you guys. Yeah, and the user interface really is a big deal. And, you know, we, we're traditionally a hardware company. We've always prided ourselves on making really great hardware. But as you know, emergence of, you know, the smartphones and apps and, and everything else, it really has become more of a focus on making everything easy to use and easy to manage. And when we uh, initially looked at tackling the upgrade of our user interface, you know, we talked to a lot of customers. We brought a lot of customers into our building and watched where they were getting stuck. And, you know, just really listening is, I think, one of the most important things you can do when you're developing right. an app or a user interface. And what we have now is, you know, people are surprised when they install one of our routers. They're like, that's it? It's that easy? I can see everything now. <laughs> It's too easy. What am I missing? <laughs> which, is, which is a great response to get. So when you actually look at our interface, it's extremely clean. Uh, you can see a nice topology of your network. There's your internet. There's your router. There's all of your connected devices. You can just touch with your, you know, your finger on a tablet or a phone, you know, on any of the devices to see what's going on. You can easily drag and drop uh, devices into a priority uh, chain, which essentially is going to say, if that Xbox is streaming Netflix, it's going to get you know priority over everything else in the network, and then you can just kind of oh, that's great. kind of prioritize the devices on your network very easy with our user interface. And the response we've gotten is extremely positive on how clean and easy it is to to manage a home network. Well, you guys are doing a spectacular job. Daniel Kelly, VP of Marketing for D-Link Systems. I would probably spend another hour with you on the phone, but I know none of us have that time. So we will uh, <laughs> we will have to reconvene at a later date and time and, and keep talking about all your great products. Thank you for joining us. When we come back in your tech report, we will speak to a wonderful representative from Rogers Communications to talk about their network enhancements and how it affects consumers. All that and more as your tech report continues right here. There's more your tech report after this. Welcome back to Your Tech Report. Welcome back to Your Tech Report. Mark Aflalo Mitchell Whitfield with you at Your Tech Report on Twitter. It's Facebook.com slash Your Tech Report. And of course, Mitchell, our email address is contact at yourtechreport.com. Of course. Now, you know what? You know, Mark, I'm very excited about this next interview because, you know, obviously, I love Canada. My best friend, of course, is living in Canada. I'm here in the States. But one of the things you always brag about and I always get jealous about is the great wireless service that you get Mm -hmm. that I don't. Of course, look at that smug look on your face. And of course, you know, you've been a Rogers customer your entire life. And Rogers in Canada has been at the forefront 
of technological advancements for years. So I'm kind of jazzed about this. Let me give you the backstory. In, okay, la- in late it. January, so just a couple of weeks ago, Rogers sent me a press release and they made an announcement that they're the first Category 6 enabled wireless network in the country. So I, of course, wondering what this actually meant, did some homework. And, right. and a lot of times we hear about these things that seem a little bit technological or technical announcements. So I figured instead of trying to get the answer myself is to reach right. out to Rogers and we are very, very fortunate to have on the phone Appender Shani, VP of Product Management at Rogers. Appender, how are you? Very well, Mark. How are you? I, we're doing great. And, I, and my first question, obviously, is what does Category 6 enabled mean? Sure. So let me, let me actually give you uh, the answer more from a consumer perspective, and then I'll kind of give you a little bit of a technical answer as well. So here, here's how I think of the Category 6. You know, you, you, you take the highway 401 and 407, and, and, and apologies that I'm actually using the, uh, the highways up in Toronto, uh, <laughs> but these are the two major highways. You take them and you put them together, and let's say you actually create a super highway. Okay. So you've got a super highway now uh, where you can put uh, a lot more traffic, and they will all run at a Ferrari-like speed. So that is how I would like to kind of describe it from a customer perspective, what uh, Category 6 actually means. Uh, it means that, you know, you can uh, have wonderful experiences with all of the applications that you currently use, uh, whether it's video or anything else. You know, you can certainly uh, have, a, have a great experience, and you can have it at a much, much faster speed. Now, from a technical perspective, uh, what basically Category 6 means is you take the two bands, in our case, you take the 2100 megahertz spectrum and the 2600 megahertz spectrum, and you aggregate them to create an even larger pipe. Uh, you know, that, and, the, and the data and the voice and all of the traffic that uh, wireless networks carry, it all uh, goes across the pipes that we have. And the larger the pipe is, the more traffic you can carry and more faster you can carry it. So that's how I'll describe Category 6. So obviously the benefits to the consumer side is they have way more data or more bandwidth at their disposal at much faster speeds, correct? Uh, that's correct, yeah, absolutely. Hey, Abender, I, this is Mitchell. I have a quick question for you. So with, with these greater speeds, obviously, with these the greater throughput, does it require special devices or will Rogers customers on their existing devices being able to be able to take advantage of this, of this new Category 6? Yeah, no, as uh, typically the networks evolve, you, you certainly need to have a compatible device that goes okay. along with it. Uh, so with the Category 6 network, you definitely need uh, a newer device as well. And we actually have the very first one coming to Canada very, very soon. It's already announced. It's called the Samsung Galaxy Note Edge. Uh, you know, with Rogers, uh, I wish, uh, Mitchell, you were here up in uh, Toronto because you could actually reserve one. <laughs> See, uh, that was going to be, I'm sure Mark's next question is, how quickly can you send him one to try? I'm waiting. Go ahead, Mark. It's okay. How quickly can you send me one to try? You <laughs> <laughs> just reserve it, Mark. Okay, I'm going to go online to the reservation system now. So, Pinder, so, you know, I've, I've been following the wireless trends in, in this country for a very long time. And as uh, there was a point at which there was so much data being consumed when people switched from analog to digital that networks weren't able to handle that capacity. So it was slower speeds. How were you able to keep up with the, the technology that's going to be coming in one, two, three, four years from now to make sure that you can handle the masses of data that's coming down the pipe? Yeah, I know that's actually an excellent question. And, and, and one of the things, and, that, and I'll actually link it back to the Category 6, and, and I'm so proud to be actually the very first one in Canada to launch Category 6, because one thing that we do very well from a Rogers perspective is to kind of stay ahead, to look at the customer's needs and the customer demands, and then make sure that we actually prepare 
for the future to address those needs. So I'll give you an example, like, you know, if you look at the video consumption, video consumption back in 2012 on smartphones and tablets, it was about 6% of all of the online videos. Today, and when I say today, like as early as sort of uh, uh, kind of Q4 2014 timeframe, you're looking at almost 30% of the video consumption, online video consumption on smartphones and tablets. That's that kind of explosion in terms of how much video is getting consumed on these mobile devices, we know that we need to continue to invest in these networks, upgrade the networks, make sure that they can actually keep up with the demand that we're seeing, and hence the Category 6, and hence the network evolution uh, that comes with it. So going forward in future, whether it's one year, two year, three year, five year down the road, we'll absolutely keep a you know, close eye, and, uh, and, and in the future, we'll continue to evolve it and make sure the customers get the best possible experience and the, and the needs get, uh, get addressed. So what markets are Category 6 enabled networks in right now? There are uh, select markets that are Category 6. We've, uh, we've done it in uh, select Ontario markets as well as uh, BC. Perfect. So we look forward to getting that, obviously, cross-country towards the end of this year or throughout the year? Uh, we will continue to roll out throughout the year, and uh, you know, as the time progresses, uh, you will see it in Montreal, Mark. Excellent. Well, I look forward to testing that Galaxy Note Edge when I uh, go online right, 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 right now to that reservation system. Uh, I look forward to hearing you talk about yeah, it all exactly. the time and holding it over my head, Mark. There you go. Apinder <laughs> uh, uh, Shani, VP of Product Management at Rogers, thank you so much for being with us this week. Thank you for having me. Well, we'll be back with more right here on Your Tech Report. Your Tech Report will be right back. Back to your tech report. Mark Aflalo Mitchell Whitfield with you on your tech report on Facebook, facebook.com slash your tech report. On Twitter, it is at your tech report. Our email address is contact at your tech report.com. You know, I'm sensing a your tech report theme. You know, Mark, we don't have a lot of time right now, but we should probably jump into some hands on reviews that we have. Uh, and you know what? One of the things we talked about, the one on our wish list, we were just talking about it off the air, we've talked about it before, is having wireless charging for our devices. Wouldn't it be great to not have to worry about plugging oh, yeah. in, to not have to worry about cables? And although It's coming. It is coming, but although it's not there yet, we don't have it yet built into any of our Android or I, you know, Windows phones or iPhone, but there is a company that is offering this technology in the form of wireless charging through a case. And that company, believe it or not, it's going to sound strange, is Patriot, Patriot Memory. You know, the company that makes uh, great RAM for your computers yeah. and great, you know, USB storage or SD cards. Well, they have ventured on, they, they were in another direction now, in addition to everything they already do. And I'm going to show this to you, Mark, even though, you know, you could see it, other people can't. It's the Fuel Ion line of cases. And they make them for different devices. This one happens to be for the iPhone 6. And basically, you could see it's a, it's a beautifully made rubberized hard, sort of like a hard plastic rubber rubberized case that your phone sits in and locks into through the bottom. It locks in through the lightning connector on the bottom. Yeah. And on the back, there's a, if you can imagine what a, um, you know, an archery target looks like with a bullseye in the middle and the circles around there's the edge. A bullseye there's right a there. metallic circle yeah. right on the back, and that is the magnetic connection. And they make different solutions. They make a charging pad, which is what they sent me, which is a circular pad that sits, sits on your desk. All you do is put this near it, and it just magnetically snaps on. It can rotate left or right. You don't have to worry about having it perfect. As long as it's locked on there magnetically, you can move it around. And not only does it charge, Mark, it charges fast. It charges really quickly and cleanly. It works beautifully, Mark. 
Now tell me something. This does yeah. not. This is not a battery case. So there's no battery in it. It's simply a case that protects your phone and that adds that wireless charging capability. Correct? Absolutely. Exactly right, Mark. The magnetic connection on the back takes the juice and puts it up through the lightning connector that locks into the bottom. Love it. And there you go. And, and the nice thing about this is, Mark, and people will say, well, you know, it, it's still you have to have an accessory device. Yeah, but it's a case, which you already, everyone already has their exactly. devices in a case. So it, it's not, you know, adding anything extra than you already have. Um, I find the case to be very protective and I like the way it locks in. It just lays in there, locks in. And like I said, the charging happens very quickly. And the thing that I like about what Patriot has done with the Fuel Ion line is, is they make different different devices. You can either get this charging pad that, you know, magnetically locks on there. Yeah. They have a charging stand, which puts it in a standing up position. You can still rotate it, landscape or portrait. And Mark, here's what I really love. In the car, yeah, they have this. a windshield device that locks onto your windshield, yeah. plugs into your lighter for, for power. And then all you do is take your phone, put it near it, and it snaps right on there. It's, it's literally a suction cup mount that has a flat panel and you literally just, it magnetically stays on there, which is really cool, especially when you're using it for navigation and stuff because you flip it left, you flip it right, and you have landscape driving and maps and stuff. That's really neat. It really is, and because the worst part about using any sort of cradle that goes on your windshield is having to fiddle with it and lock it on there with a pressure lock. This takes that away. Uh, you can get, I think, the starter pack will come with either the the pad or the cradle uh, with the case, of course. Now those start at seventy nine, but some of the individual. The individual accessories go for twenty nine to forty nine dollars. Yeah, so thirty nine yeah. for the car mount, and and they also yeah. they also make this uh, similar style case for other phones as well. So if you're looking for that, you can find that as well. Amazon is where I tend to go to to get all yep. the pricing for all these fun things as well. Very and very once, cool. Yeah, that's Patriot Fuel Ion. Take a look for it. Next thing I want to talk about is a case that was sent to us, and and the the name of it is I think it's Buq B U Q Q U right. Buq. That's, I'd say that's Buq and. Uh, Buku is making power armor for the iPhone 6, which is a charger case. I've been looking for a good charger case for my iPhone 6 forever. Uh, Buku has one in their in their line here now with the power armor. Again, really beautiful rubberized finish. Really feels solid in the hand. The nice thing I like about this, once again, is this also has a patented lock-in sort of device on the bottom that locks in because basically you don't have to snap the case on. You just take your phone and you lay it inside of this case, then snap in the bottom. It creates a very, very tight lock that makes the phone incredibly secure. It has a fuel gauge on the back that tells you how much battery life is left in the case itself. It has a built-in battery that can fully recharge your iPhone 6. In my testing, I've, done, I've done, let it deplete and recharged it twice. It actually went a little higher than a full charge. So it's a full charge plus, but of course your mileage may vary. Um, <laughs> it's not that heavy. Now, once again, when you have a charger case, you can't have the same expectations. You can't expect it to be a slim, light thing. It does have a little heft to it, but not so much that it felt too girthy. Yeah, I just made up that word. Mm -hmm. In my pocket, it does a great job of recharging whenever I want because, let's face it, you always need more power from your iPhone. Again, it's Buku, $79.95. You can find it online. It is the power armor case for iPhone 6. Works great and protects your phone pretty darn well, too. I love it. Thank you. It's your tech report, Mark Aflalo, <laughs> Mitchell Whitfield with you. I want, I want to thank a couple people. Dan Kelly, VP of Marketing at D-Link Systems. If you want to find that interview, we'll have that on later on the, this week on yourtechreport.com. And of course, our friend Apinder Shani from uh, Rogers Wireless. I look forward to speaking to him again in the future because uh, wireless companies are fun to speak to, to actually understand what they're doing. There's so much they do behind the scenes that we don't even realize. And, and Mitchell, I hope you... Uh, 
move to Canada so you can experience that as well. I, I was going to say, I'm going to have to move to Canada just to get this fantastic Category 6 technology. Thank you very much. Next week, I promise you a hands-on, a full, in-depth, hands-on review of the Microsoft Surface Pro 3, both with and without Windows 10. And the Area 51 beast of a desktop from Alienware. If I can stop hugging it, I will also do a review next week. Thanks for joining us here on Your Tech Report. You've been tuned in to Your Tech Report. Join us again next week for another edition. And be sure to follow Your Tech Report online. Email us, contact at yourtechreport.com. Follow us on Twitter at Your Tech Report. Like us on facebook.com slash yourtechreport. For the latest in breaking tech news and reviews, yourtechreport.com. Connie Teeson, the host of Broadcast Dialogue, the podcast. We focus on Canada and the challenges facing Canadian radio and TV, as well as highlighting those moving the industry forward from podcasting and streaming to new broadcast tech. Check us out at broadcastdialogue.com or your favorite podcast app. I'm Matt Kundle, host of the Sound Off Podcast, the show about podcast and broadcast. Since 2016, we've been speaking with amazing people who have populated your ears for decades. Legendary broadcasters, research wizards, talent experts, podcasters, voice talent. Almost 400 stories, all for free. Subscribe or follow the Sound Off Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or at soundoffpodcast.com.